0: How concerned should the Dallas Cowboys be about defensive tackle Mozzie Smith? All that and more this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast.
1: You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily
0: Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown today to get 10% off your first month. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Today, we are breaking down some of the uh, most notable players from week two of the preseason. We're not going to get to all of them today, so make sure that you tune in for the next couple of days as we talk about some of the winners and losers. Milan, we, ha- we have to start with Mozzie Smith, who's... I and mean, people are just railing on him on Twitter right now, but how concerned should the Cowboys
1: be about Mozzie Smith after a lackluster showing? Uh... I, I don't think that there's reason to be concerned yet. I, I think that, that he hasn't shown us what we need to see from him yet, uh, as far as what we're looking for in the regular season. Um, but I, 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 I I'm here's what here's, I'm going to be talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I'm going to be talking about his issues exclusively here. But I also want everyone to kind of understand that there's still time, and that this is the kind of thing that what we're talking about. Uh, that once he kind of once he gets it, once it clicks. Uh, I think his progression will happen quickly because he has the kind of athletic upside that we've all seen. Uh, he has the skill set to be doing what he's doing in the NFL. The problem is is that we're asking a rookie to be playing at a speed much higher than he's ever played before uh, at, while using techniques that he's never used before. It, it's a very difficult ask. And 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 so it, this isn't a case where Mozzie Smith doesn't have it or or whatever that is. This is a case where the Cowboys are trying to change the way that he plays, uh, and we're seeing a guy who's going through that, that transition. So for, go ahead, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, it, to me, it just a very simple way of
0: saying this is it looks like a really strong player that's trying to figure out in the NFL that you can't just be really strong to win, right? Like he relied so much on his strength at Michigan, and you can do that against some smaller, lighter centers. But in the NFL, those centers and guards – you know they can find ways to reach block you. They can find creative ways to get you off balance. So this is pretty common for a lot of the players of his type coming into the NFL in the preseason.
1: Yeah, and, and again, it, it's a t- it's an uphill uphill battle. I mean, he's he's incredibly strong, but he's being asked to do something that he's never really done before at, at a pace higher than he's ever played higher before. So the three main things, and, and I reached out to John Ownings, friend of the show, obviously. Uh, And and he has an article coming out today uh, with PFF. You guys make sure you check that out. Uh, He breaks it down. But we had a little conversation because, you know, he's a guy I trust on defensive line play. I wanted to make sure that I was seeing what I was seeing correctly and I trust him. So I reached out, and, and this is the three areas where I feel like he is struggling. And I think all of what we saw kind of fits into it being one of, if not at times, all three of these issues, right? One, the late snap reaction. We've talked about that. This is the main part of what he's doing differently, right? He's not catching blockers like he was in, uh, at Michigan. He's trying to get off the ball quickly. It's instead of uh, read and react, he's reacting and then reading. and, and that, that sort of flip in in, in in process is difficult, you know for him and, and that's something that, that he's having to learn while also trying to react at the same uh, uh, speed that the NFL players are reacting, right? Number 2 he's not recognizing what sort of block is happening to him because he is used to reacting and reading uh, or sorry reading and reacting he's used to seeing blocks coming at him From a certain angle and from a certain at a certain speed and then recognizing that. Now he's having to see it from a completely different point of view. Things in the NFL level are more advanced. He's just seeing a different a whole bunch of different types of blocks. He's not recognizing what's happening to him yet, and then reacting appropriately, which is you know something that will come after seeing these blocks and and feeling them and and recognize them. Say, hey, hey, I, I feel a guy on my side, I need to brace myself for side content, that sort of thing. And then the third thing, and I think this is the issue that is the one that will be solved the quickest to me, is he's getting his leverage too high, either mm. because offensive linemen are lifting him up during the snap or striking him when he's in bad leverage body position. There's times, there's too many times when we're seeing him like up on one leg. Or, you know, like kind of moving high and then being disheveled instead of getting low, putting his hands above his eyes and pushing guys back, right? He's strong enough that on double teams, he's able to kind of sit hit him, sit himself down. And I feel like in the game, he played better against double teams than he did a lot of, against a lot of these single blocks because he's just so strong and he understands yep. how to fight through a double team, right? But when he doesn't when he's getting a one-on-one block and he doesn't understand exactly what the guard is trying to do to him sometimes he will try to move around a block and then not realize that he's moving right where the guard or center is trying to move him and then all they have to do is position their body in the right way and then suddenly he's sealed off so these are all things that i think you know he just needs to see it and then have a level of understanding happen on each one of these things. And then it's going to click and it's going to happen a lot quicker and, and he's going to play a lot better, but he's not there yet. And, and and he still needs to kind of continue to get there. And I, I do believe that this is not like a, he, I don't think this is going to be like a season long thing. I, I mean, he could, he could be markedly better by week one. Uh, but I do think that these are the issues that he's having to deal with and and he's trying to work through them while, you know, again, playing at a speed that he's not used to playing at. Can I add one more thing? I'm sure sorry, I forgot to mention. He also played an abnormally high number of three tech and two eye uh, uh, yeah. uh, tech snaps, which I thought was very interesting usage. So um, those are all the things I saw on Mousy. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I, I, I... I think the Cowboys are just trying to figure out where to best play him.
0: And I think the easy answer is obviously nose tackle, but if you're playing in a Dan Quinn defense, there's going to be times where you're lined up as a three technique or you're lined up as a two yeah. eye, or you're lined up as you maybe even a five technique in, in, in certain situations. So we saw that with, was it red Bryant that they had of yeah. forever in Seattle? Like, a five Like you're, you're going to be doing a lot of different stuff. It, I just look at like, even look inside the Cowboys division, Dexter Lawrence, who was a, well, it's number 17 pick from the giants really struggled as a rookie. Like this was somebody who was a athletic freak, really struggled as a rookie. Now he's one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Jordan Davis, I think played 220 snaps total last year for Philadelphia. Like they just couldn't afford to have him on the field because he was so raw. And that's somebody who played four years of sec football. It just takes these guys time. Like defensive tackle is the one position that you just can't expect these players to come in right away and be finished products. Like it's going to take Mozzie a little bit of time to learn, okay, this is how I beat a center. This is how I hold up better against a double team. This is how I don't get reach blocked on a wide zone run. Like it's coming. Just be patient. It's not going to be perfect in week one.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Is how, what can he do right away? Like that, that is useful that is uh you know that is going to be beneficial to the cowboys and i think he can do a lot of that stuff right away like yeah. and, and i and i think the, the the idea that he needs to be a finished product to be useful to what the cowboys are doing is is Wrong. that's incorrect like he yeah. is going to be a useful product right away and, and and you know look it's 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 one of those situations where it's you know people are comparing him to taco and, and all that and it's like that this is not the case at all you know Mozzie is immediately going to be useful for this team. He's going to get snaps right away. Uh, he's going to be helpful against the run right away, I think. I don't know that he's going to be the dominant force that that he will be, you know, by the end of this year, by the end of next year, you know, at the start of the season. But that doesn't mean that he yep. isn't a, a valuable piece on this, on this defensive line, you know, starting week one.
0: Let's uh, move on to some of the other notes from week two of the preseason, including a devastating injury for our Cowboys draft pick next. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career or relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more that you practice, the easier it gets. I've done therapy. I have no, some, several friends that have done therapy. All of us can't talk about how, how helpful it's been. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for any reason at no additional charge. Let therapy be your map. Visit BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com uh, slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast on tomorrow's show. We're going to discuss more of the winners and losers from week two of the preseason. But Lane and one of the, you know, to me, this is the story of the preseason. DeMarvio Obershaw, the Cowboys third round pick at linebacker towards ACL early in this game and it's just an absolute bummer because he looked so good in the preseason
1: yeah it looks like he you know he was coming on and he was going to probably have a little bit of a role on defense for sure and and they were gonna use him uh in s- several different ways um uh, yeah I mean I think it's unfortunate right and that, that this you know the Cowboys had managed to kind of go through without too many major injuries and then to have two uh, with you know uh overshone and we'll talk about John Stevens jr in a little mm-hmm. bit too but have them both go down with ACL injuries in this game is is just is brutal, and I think that's just kind of shows you exactly how this game goes sometimes, right? Like you know we were talking about how uh, you know how roster cutdowns are going to happen, and how how you're going to fit everyone and. And usually what ends up happening is that they end up kind of finding a way to, to, to sort things out through unfortunate means like injuries, yeah. right? So yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting to see exactly. I mean, both of these guys, I think, have futures with the Cowboys. Both of these guys um, uh, are, are are someone that they're going to try to find a way to, to – obviously Overshawn especially, but I think both of these guys, they'll find ways to keep on the on the roster to try to keep around for next year. Um, and I still think that both of them have bright features ahead of them, but it, it is unfortunate whenever a young player suffers a you know season long injury in their rookie year, it's, it, it's a tough thing to try to overcome.
0: And I think what's so frustrating about the overshot one or disappointing is that the play that he got hurt on was an incredible play. I went back and watched the all 22 of it today. They run basically, it's like a, just a flat route with the running back to the sideline not only does Overshawn get there to make the tackle, but he has to fight through a tight end to get there. And then he makes a tackle for a loss. It's like, I, there haven't been many cowboy linebackers that have that kind of like speed and agility to first of all, get there, but also to like, you know, you know, crank down a little bit and then be able to make that tackle. I was getting to the point where it's like, I thought there was a chance that Overshawn could have had a bigger role in this defense than anybody even anticipated. And now I just wonder, like, instead of using three linebackers or rotating linebackers, we'll just see them use more safeties. Like that's, that's probably what they're going to do here.
1: I mean, that's probably what they were going to do beforehand too. Right. Like overshone showed you something that you're like, okay, let's maybe give him some more snaps and maybe we use him a little bit more. I, I think they probably just go back to their original plan there. Yeah. Right. And, and, and just use more safety. I mean, honestly, I, I think another guy that we should talk about is I think that Cox has had a pretty decent. Jabril Cox. I, th- yep. I thought Jabril Cox had a really good game last uh, Saturday. So, uh, I you know there's a good chance that he kind of steps in and takes some of those snaps as well, and I think that he likely was going to see snaps as, uh, anyways. But, um, so uh, you know, I, I think for Cox, it's ironic that that he is going to get another kind of second chance at becoming linebacker three due to a, somebody else's ACL injury. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, you know, that's just the way that this this position goes. Unfortunately, it's it's a, a position of attrition. Um, so for for Cox, it's why it's you have off- to drop so many linebackers, yeah. it's, it's exactly. just These
0: guys are. They're so big, they're so fast, and then they have to play such a physical position that you really need like four guys that you can rely on or some safeties that can fill in if you need them.
1: Yeah, I know some people are talking about going out and sign a veteran linebacker, and maybe they do that, but, but I do think that you've got Cox, you've got Harper, and you've got like 63 other safeties who can play that second-level position. So and, and this is a team that likely will use linebackers at a rate less than maybe any other right. team in the NFL. So I I think that I think that there is ways to work around it. But I I think with overshown, you liked him specifically, like you wanted to find a way to get him on the field. So it's not going to be hard to like replace the snaps, but it's 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 difficult because you liked the player and you would have liked to have him on the field.
0: Oh, I just thought he gave them something different that they didn't have. Damone Clark is really athletic. Vanderus is really athletic, but that that weak side linebacker that can really fly to the football. That was Overshawn. And I just, it bums me out. I'm I'm optimistic that he'll be fine. He'll be good to go by the 2024 yeah. season, but it's just, and now we've got to wait a whole year before we get to see him again. Uh, it's a bummer. You mentioned John Stevens, the, the Cowboys tight end who yeah. also tore his ACL this game. Yeah. Feel really bad for him because he was a fringe 53 man roster player. We know Overshawn's going to be on this team, but, John Stevens, his future is a little bit more in doubt. Um, but I think we are trending in a direction where I thought he had a chance to beat out paid Hendershot for like that t- tight end three spot.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Hendershot had had the one is, is one of the winners from Saturday, and not only because he played pretty okay. You know, it's the injury, unfortunately, for him, kind of all but secures his spot on the team because of this. Yeah, you know, and honestly, I I I don't think this is this isn't gonna be career uh killing for John Stevens if if anything it it gives him the opportunity to be with a team he's going to rehab he'll get another year uh to kind of develop his skill set a little bit more um it, it, it's it's obviously tough and it's terrible whenever you you see rookies lose their uh uh, their their rookie season to injury but this is a guy that, that that was kind of a a fringe player on the on a on yeah. a roster anyways this way you know he could come in it's going to be interesting to see the the roster mechanisms that the cowboys use but it's going to be i think it'll be interesting it's an opportunity for him to see exactly I, go ahead what were you gonna say? Was gonna say i
0: i i got a feeling what's going to happen is over sean they're going to have to carry just through the cuts yep. and then place them on the ir the next day after the yep. three-man cuts John Stevens, I won't be surprised if the Cowboys waive him injured, and then he passes through waivers, and then he reverts to the injured reserve list. I just he hadn't played enough, and he wasn't a draft pick. You're probably okay waving him injured than trying to get it.
1: Well, and there's also, I mean, this is one of the benefits for you uh, if, that there's only one cutdown day, right? Yeah. And the, the the sheer volume of of available players that day is going to be enormous. So. Yeah. Uh, I think you can kind of hide him through the sea of un- uh, undrafted free agent tight ends that will also be released that day. Yep. So uh, yeah, I, I I'm thinking he comes back to the team in that in one way or another, but probably the way we just discussed
0: one last injury update, Matt. Well, let's go. the Cowboys mm-hmm. right tackle, potentially swing tackle left this game with a shoulder injury. Uh, sounds like he's going to be okay. It's nothing mm-hmm. super serious. He might miss a week of practice or two, but I, I gotta believe he's going to be ready for week one at the very least, or Quickly thereafter. I I was worried that this was going to be a longer term injury. Yeah, absolutely. If that was the case, I was wondering, like, do they have to go out and sign a Jason Peters to be a swing tackle? Because they, I, they just don't have very many tackles on this roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they really want to avoid signing a t- uh, a veteran offensive lineman before Week One if they yep. can. I mean, that's just yep. so you don't have to guarantee their their contract. The fact that he was able to avoid uh, not only you know kind of a season-ending injury, but it, it sounds like it's not even a supplexation like the other one was. It sounds like it's a less severe version. So. Uh yeah, the fact that he's being, you know, referred to as day to day, I think you're right that that let a week off from practice yep. probably sounds appropriate. Uh that's that's really good news for the for the Cowboys. We'll have a whole conversation about the offensive line and how they perform tomorrow. So you guys make sure you check out the podcast tomorrow about that.
0: All right. Let's uh let's talk about maybe the biggest winner of the entire offseason for the Dallas Cowboys. Next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get a bonus bet every single time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get a bonus uh, bet for any victory or for every victory. Cowboys are projected over nine and a half wins. I think they're going to win at least double-digit games this year. Let's say they win 10 games. That's 10 free bets you can do, use those bonus bets on the spread, uh, player props, over-unders, future bets, and so much more. So visit Fanduel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That is Fanduel.com slash LockedOn. All right, Landon, we have to talk about Jalen Tolbert, who yeah. had another fantastic preseason showing. I think this was his best game. Yet he was doing everything. He made an incredible catch down the sideline, playing in the slot, making some tough grabs. I'm just shocked at how much he's progressed over the last year.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, like he, he it wasn't a flawless performance. But again, the fact that that he's playing this well and performing this well, uh, uh you know, at the in the games now, and 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 the expectation level has has risen. Right? He yeah. he he had a double clutch on a slant, and, and he had a drop. But outside of that, hold on, hold yeah. on. On that drop, I'm pretty sure the ball got tipped at the line of scrimmage and it knuckled it a little bit. You think so? I have. Yeah. I was I was wondering because the ball did get delivered like kind of almost back shoulder on a slant, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, I watched the uh, the drop. He, the ball I think got tipped
0: by the defensive tackle and it just created a little bit of a knuckle on the ball. So mm. yeah, he still needs to catch it anyway. Still needs to catch it, a, but it wasn't definitely. a pure drop.
1: Yeah, true. That's that's good. That's a good note. Um, and then, uh, yeah, on the double clutch, you know, it, it was a situation where uh, I think the ball was a little a little bit behind, and and he just needs to snatch it, and and I think he got the good news is that he held on to it and yeah, even he got contact, it. Yeah. you know, and he caught it, you know, so uh, that was positive. But outside of that was just, was just brilliant. I mean, was getting beating people off the line. Uh, the contested catch stuff down the field was brilliant. The way he tracked the ball comeback was able to get it despite the, the pass interference uh, on him. Um, you know, had a couple other catches uh, on key leverage. I'm pretty sure he had all four catches were for first downs if I'm not yep. mistaken. Um, and on top of that, just, had some moments I that I noticed where he was blocking really well as as kind of an off-the-end-of-the-line blocker. Um, I just thought that, you know, honestly, I mean, look, w- w- this is a Tolbert situation, but I I, I thought that all three of the, the wide receivers who played started last night, Brooks and, uh, and uh, uh, Turpin, all played pretty decent games. But Tolbert, uh, again, like just kind of the drum beat, which has now been elevated, right? Like, I mean, yeah. he, I think you mentioned yeah. it. It's hard to argue that Tolbert, that anybody gained more out of this training camp. Let's put it that way than yeah. than Jalen Tolbert did, right? The he confidence, looks awesome. he looks incredible. I mean, again, what 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 where we've gone to from? I hope he grabs this wide receiver for uh, a spot to. We're going to need to give Jalen Tolbert some some serious looks during the season. I, yeah, I think they, is they, they got to get him on the field. Like that's they, the they, difference they, we're at. That's now. the difference, right? And I think that that's that's a really really big step from where he was last year. I mean, honestly, uh, it's what's been really great is is to go into camp after listening to OTA talks to see it for yourself, right? To see Tolbert out there, and it's not even just. The 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 flashes that you're seeing on on Twitter when they 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 when he show a great video of him high pointing it's the little sure. things that everything that he's doing right that he wasn't doing last year and then to see him kind of translate to the game and then see the rest of the of the Cowboys nation kind of get an opportunity to see it it's just been really fun yeah he looks absolutely incredible
0: right now I, I hope the Cowboys can find creative ways to get him on the field for, I, I don't know I think like 15 to 20 snaps a game would be nice because man, he just offers you something a little bit different than some of the other receivers they have. I, he's not CeeDee Lamb. He's not mm. Michael Gallup, but he's a blend of those two receivers, and he gets open. He makes some incredible plays in the ball. I, I'm just really excited about him going into the year. The last thing before we go, I have to capitulate a little bit on this running back situation. And, uh, I thought Malik Davis was going to be the RB two. I thought he was the best inside runner. I'm I'm ready to surrender right now. It's mm-hmm. it's Rico Dowdle, and I'm not even yeah. sure all that's close. Rico looked awesome in this. Yeah,
1: game. he he really did. I mean, it was just, and it was everything, right? Like it was it was running inside. It was running with the burst. He was violent. He was decisive. Uh, his pass protection was good, and he was he, he he showed you something as a pass receiver, both as a option out into the uh, into the flat, but also from the slot running a slant flat. Um, I, I just think that when you look at and look, Will Deuce Vaughn is is also equally impressive. Didn't quite have as many uh, carries to kind of show himself because I think they were kind of. I know what his role him. is going to be. Like yeah, he's exactly. Gonna, he's going to get to six touches a game, and we're going to love every single one of them. <laughs> and I think that that's I think that's what we've discovered, right? Is that I think this game kind of solidified what the the roles are, right? Dowdle is the other back, the guy that you're you're going to give carries on par with. Pollard too, not 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 as many, but but you know he's the guy that's getting the the carries when it's time for Pollard to get a breather, right? Vaughn is the guy that you are scheming ca- touches to, that yeah. like you that you are specifically every single one of his touches you probably have a specific plan for, right? Um, and, and I think that that's what what you saw from Rico was a workmanlike performance. He took what was there, he get, got a little bit more. He was physical, like I mentioned, finishing runs. Um, and, 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 and even making things happen when there was trash at at his feet, Uh, there was definitely, I will say this, the offensive line, I thought for the most part, especially against a a, a starting defensive line in Seattle, I thought played much better football. And, but even when they didn't, even when there was a, a penetration or there was garbage at his feet, you see Dowdle able to use his quickness to get around, to break it outside, to get something where there was nothing, um, I'm not, you know, I don't don't th- don't know that Dowdle is like uh, uh, you know, a starting running back necessarily for for most every NFL team, but I think at this point we we've seen that he can be that reliable o- other running back yeah. who is going to be able to take a bunch of carries on and not you know get you beat. and, In fact, can actually give you some positive uh, plays even when Pollard and Vaughn bon are on the field. And for me, it was like the first or second run that he had. It was like an eight-yard game, but.
0: Uh, right. got North and South, put his head down and just ran over. I, I think it was a safety. And yeah, we, we knew that he's a powerful guy, but it's the explosiveness for me. It's just, it just jumps off the screen when you watch it compared to Malik Davis. And it's like, okay, that's yeah. what Dallas needs with Tony Pollard to somebody that has that kind of explosiveness and that has that kind of power. I, I, I think he's won
1: that job. And I'm again, I'm, I'm not sure it's all that close. I'm not a fantasy football guy, as we all know. But uh, if I were a fantasy football guy, I think Rico Dowdle might be a guy that you should cons- that people should mm. consider. Think about all those touchdowns that Zeke ate up at yeah. the goal line. Pollard will get some of those for sure. But if you're, you know, handcuffing guys, I don't know if that's a thing that people it, do. It, it's still a thing. Still a handcuffs thing. still happen. Okay, yeah. so I, if people are handcuffing, I think it's Dowdle that you should consider, maybe not Vaughn, because I think mm-hmm. Dowdle will get a. Uh, percentage of carries larger than bond. Dowdle's role is going to be way more stable than what
0: yeah. Vaughn's role is going to be from week to week. And I just, I kind of can't see a situation now where Dowdle has like fewer than eight touches in a game kind of moving forward, just because he's going to get some of the short yardage stuff. He's going to get the goal line stuff, or at least some of it. But I also think he's going to be the closer, like in these yep. games where Dallas is up 10 points, yep. you're going to sprinkle on exactly. color, but it's going to be Dowdle. That's getting a lot of these hard earned yards inside, uh, Um, And I'm excited because there's going to be – I promise there's going to be one of these runs this year where a team is – they know Dallas is running. They're going to have 10 guys in the box. Dallas is going to block it well, and he's going to be gone because I don't think people realize how explosive he is in the open field.
1: Yeah, because this is a situation where this is a guy who had a lot of weird stuff happen to him during the draft process, so he slipped through the cracks, right? came back through has had a couple of different injuries so i think people have forgotten exactly what kind of athlete he was yep. and i think that that's what happened with the malik davis thing too right is that davis came in in this competition he had performed well last season in, in his reps and people had forgotten just how of uh, athletic and explosive and big someone like rico dowel was now that he's and he's showing us again we're seeing oh yeah this guy was a little bit special maybe yeah. we, we can do something with him you know not all like Pro Bowl special, but better than, you know, your average kind of RB2, more explosive, especially considering the fact he's 218, 220 pounds. All right. That is it for today's show. We want to
0: thank you for making Lython on Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day, we'll be back tomorrow to talk some more about the biggest preseason winners and losers for the Cowboys. So make sure you tune in for that. We are free and available on all platforms. Go check out our show on YouTube. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow.